Paul's Call is brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. For the best sleep ever, go to brooklynbetting.com. Hey, it's your call, man. No, no. it's your call. No, it's Three your point call. stance oh, right now. Hey, nitwits, <laughs> it's Paul's Call. Nothing says NFL training camps are back like hard knocks. Knock on wood if you're with me. John Gruden last year, and of course the year before that, we got Hugh Jackson, the king, and his court. Hear my words! Coach <laughs> Coach Hugh was up there right on his podium, vaulted above everyone, making it known to assistant coaches like Todd Haley. It's your team, you do it the hell you want. Okay, so this one's mine, so that's just the way it's going to be. This is how we do it. <laughs> So, so there was King Hugh. Now brace yourself, since it is 2020, you know this is going to be unusual uh, slash warped. So play the clip from Sean McVay admonishing his Rams. And also, don't be the guy that takes the porta potties. What? All right, I, I I went in there. I about threw up. All right, have a little bit more uh, social awareness. There's no way that just happened. Oh come on! I mean, you're an NFL head coach trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Holy crap. I don't know who the hell we think we are. Uh, Sean McVay is dead serious here with the Rams about porta potty protocol. That's to take a piss. Don't take in the porta potties. All right. <laughs> Somebody in the porta potty. We got to start putting the camera on the porta potty. <laughs> okay. And if the I'm Paul. If I'm following this, the Rams players, they ain't taking the blame. Well, I'm not taking the rap. Right. Not completely. It sounds like they're pointing the finger at the crew from NFL films. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody a part of the hard knocks crew in the porta potty. <laughs> I tell you what, good thing I'm not at the station right now because I'd bring in Coach McVay to tell all my co workers about the on air bathroom. And also, don't be the guy that takes right. the porta potties. What? All right, I, I I went in there. I about okay. threw up. All right, have a little bit more uh, social awareness. Is it about distancing, Paul? We need social awareness. Just get some awareness, or else you get the sawed-off shotgun of sports. <laughs> sports takes and a rip job from their own teammate in those two Cleveland pitchers' direction. They hurt us bad. They lied to us. They sat here and in front of you guys and, and publicly said things that they didn't follow through on. Bam. It's, it's going to be up to them. It really is. And I'll let them sit here and tell you how they're going to earn their trust back. I don't need to put words in their mouths. That is Cleveland pitcher Adam Plutko, who had to start for Mike Clevenger last night after Clevenger and Zach Plesak both violated MLB's COVID-19 protocols by going out in Chicago and then lying about it. For little drinks, little nightlife, little dancing. Can't do that. These and are- then... Paul, these are the same people that don't come to a complete stop at a four-way stop. Wolf, I don't want to get off on the blinker thing either right now, okay? Just stop (laughs) it. I'm just saying, Paul. And, Doug, stop it with the left lane. We're we're talking about somebody on the team who went out in Chicago on Rush Street, lied about it, and then decided to fly home with his teammates after knowing that he broke the COVID protocols. You fucking sneaky bastard. The fact, rules don't apply to them, Paul. By the way, they have a player on the team, Carlos Carrasco, that's a cancer survivor, too. And reports say that Clevenger, he's um, sort of a wild personality. He, he sat through the team meeting on Sunday to discuss police act being sent home in a rental car, right? Get out of here. Go home yeah. to mom. 
yet Clevenger knew the whole time he'd been out as well, only to fly home with teammates. You have got to be kidding. So that's why we get his teammate, Plutko, on teammate on teammate beat down here. They hurt us bad. They lied to us. They sat here in, in front of you guys and, and publicly said things that they didn't follow through on. I'll let them sit here and tell you how they're going to earn their trust back. I don't need to put words in their mouths. The yeah, rules luck, don't apply to them, Paul. Yeah, well, good luck Just walking like back using into that your blinker. They don't apply. Well done, Paul. That's strong. The next crazy. thing, Wolf will give us the rant about scabs back in the 87 strike. Maybe M- MLB players are wishing and hoping for what the NBA has. Hey, what's up there, fruitcake? Remember the NBA hotline and how it's alive and well? You know, uh, we call it the wine line. <laughs> right. You want to gripe and grouse. You can call the 1-800-I-SNITCH. Well, it turns out, though, that when it comes to narking, that uh, NBA players are going next level here by going around the 1-800 line, going above its head directly to the top. Much was made about the anonymous tip hotline intended for players and staff to report violations inside the bubble. But what I found out is players have been circumventing that process. NBA insider Chris Haynes for Yahoo. He's also a sideline reporter for TNT. Now, what do you mean by circumventing the snitch hotline? Sources inform me that multiple players are personally calling Commissioner Adam Silver to issue their complaints with things they're seeing in the bubble. They're dialing Adam Silver direct to vent their frustrations. The airing of grievances. Right. <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> You know what? What if a genius he was. If you're the guy calling Adam Silver direct all the time to, to you know, whine and snitch and narc, I mean, that says more about you. Come on. If anything, it shows how accessible the commissioner is to the players, and it also shows that he's a full-service commission. Full-service commission. Oh, I got LeBron calling again about some violation in the cafeteria. In other words, the commissioner is the one that gave that guy the info. He's the source. So that was his way to get people to stop doing it but still right. make himself look pretty good. Well, you know, Adam Sean, Silver's a smart man. You know Sean McVay would have called him. <laughs> Hit the button, please. The Dude. Factor. Dude. On this whole college football issue, you know who we haven't heard from? Dude. A college football icon who we haven't heard from in a long time, actually. I, I think they should play, but then again, that's my thing. I think that you ought to say to the players, you want to play, if you have a problem, if you have an asthma problem, if you're okay. diabetic right. or something, Just legitimate that reason you don't that, want to play. That's Lou Holtz, okay? We don't have time for Lou Holtz to get off on a rant here or anything. Dude. And, 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 and if anyone needs a mask to guard against spittle and droplets flying everywhere, it's got to be Lou Holtz, right? Dude. Okay? But here's where it goes sideways. When Lou Holtz compares playing a college football season to... World War II. I'm going crazy about being quarantined. I think other people are tired of Let's move on with our life. When they stormed Normandy, they knew that there were going to be cash and there's going to be risk. Um, can Lou Holtz please stop comparing it to storming Normandy? I mean, Dude. playing college football akin to knowing there's going to be risk and, quote, there will be casualties. Dude. <laughs> I mean, Paul, please. Okay. It's not the first time he's used the Storm and Normandy uh, comparison, by the way, to college football. It's refreshing. So. Cease and desist. And by the way, we don't have time for it because the game went six hours and five overtimes. But you realize that one of the goalies in the fourth longest playoff go- game ever last night made 85 saves. It was unbelievable. <laughs> An NHL playoff record. I mean, that's more than I save this show on a daily basis. Quick <laughs> <laughs> finish. It's Wrap time it up, once Paul. again for No Comprendo. It's directed to you, Wolf, because when, 
When I think of a pest, I think of, oh, I don't know, like Coach Pop. Hi, Dave Pash with Greg Popovich. Right. I think I think of Sean Miller, right? No comment. Yeah. You can drive back to Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, a pest. I, You know, closer to home, I don't know, or on the station, I think of Gatos. And my answer is shut up. But Love you, Larry. But in Texas, where everything is big, we have what? Orange teeth, a rope-like tail. I think a lot of people are seeing these photos and are, and are saying, what are these? They call them Texas Swamp Rats. And they're the size of raccoons, I don't reckon. No comprendo. They eat, they eat some more, and they multiply. A female can have two litters per year, 15 per litter, and then they eat some more. <laughs> In Louisiana, they have over 5 million of them, and they pay hunters to kill them. Boom! That's what I'm talking about. In California, it's been like a B-movie invasion of the Texas swamp rats. They can eat up to three pounds a day. It's food of choice, plants, and they can destroy ecosystems. So they got this rat problem over there, right? And sources tell us that the governor here is going to appoint a VIP to the post of eradicating these rodents. If the rat is in the building, it'll show in time. But I'm not going to go trying to find it. It'll show. (laughs) And let me tell you. They're going to bring in Mike Singletary for the Texas swamp rat issue. Uh, These rats have met their match. If there's something that you have to say, go say it and say that you said it. But don't go say a bunch of stuff, but don't tell him I said it. To me, that's a rat. That's That's a a coward and a rat. I'm with you, Sing Sing. And that's Paul's call. Thank you, Paul.